Hi, I'm Katie Marquette, and you're listening to Born of Wonder. And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. What saint has ever won his crown without first contending for it? St. Jerome. How could I bear a crown of gold when the Lord bears a crown of thorns and bears it for me? St. Elizabeth of Hungary. Hello and welcome to Born of Wonder. I'm Katie Marquette and on this show we explore anything and everything that inspires wonder and awe in the world. Today on the show I'm going to be introducing you to two amazing saints, St. Margaret of Scotland and St. Elizabeth of Hungary, whose feast days are coming right up here on November 16th and November 17th, so right in time uh, to celebrate their feast days. They are amazing women. fascinating really really excited to introduce you to them if you haven't heard of them before they've both meant a lot to me personally one of them is my confirmation saint and it's kind of a crazy story about how that happened so i'm going to share a bit uh about that i'm going to read from a blog post from a few years ago uh where i talk about both of these saints and the impact they had on me and sort of how they became involved in my life. So I think it'll be a fun episode, a great chance to get to know some really, really fascinating women in history who also happen to be saints. So very exciting. I'm recording this on a blustery, blustery Sunday afternoon. Uh, Finally, some cold weather. (laughs) It it warmed up a little bit and then... um, yeah, but that was okay. You know, it was got, it, if, as long as I know cold is on the way, um, a few days here in the 60s or low 70s or something was kind of nice and uh, really, really enjoyable to go soak in that sunshine. But now uh, the temperature has dropped back down. It is blowing wind wind outside through the trees, I'm watching the leaves. Uh, so it's, it's a cozy afternoon. I've got some chili going in the crock pot. Uh, yeah, we're, we're well into the season here, guys. It's really fall. It's almost Thanksgiving. Then it's going to be Advent. So I hope everyone's really, really enjoying this time of year, uh, that you survived daylight savings. (laughs) If you have kids or animals or something like that, it probably, um, has been a little dicey at times. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're, (laughs) I think it's maybe the last time we're going to do it. I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. Right. So. Anyway, uh, so I wanted to share one quote with you that has nothing to do with these saints that I'm going to talk to on, uh, talk about on the show today, but very much to do with what's going on in my life right now, which is that I have a very verbal, active 19-month-old who uh, whose favorite word is again. She says it like that in sort of a British accent, like again, again. So everything is again and again and again, and both Chris and I um, have gotten very used to doing things you know, 
20, 30, 50 times, you know, old McDonald on repeat words, on repeat counting, letters, whatever it is. And um, you kind of go, we, we joke you go into like a trance state, like maybe there's a reason. <laughs> uh, repetition is so important um, in the spiritual life. And maybe this is just another sort of prayer, right? Just teaching our daughter. So um, I wanted to, I, I've thought about this GK Chesterton quote a lot um, in the midst of all this <laughs> repeating. Um, so this is a great quote here from GK Chesterton from Orthodoxy. Because children have abounding vitality, because they are in spirit fierce and free, they want things again repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again. And the grown up person does it again until he is nearly dead. Side note, that definitely think, makes me think of my husband having to throw her up in the air. Up and down. <laughs> um, For grown-up people are not strong enough to exult in monotony, but perhaps God is strong enough to exult in monotony. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun, and every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never got tired of making them. It may be that he has the eternal appetite of infancy. For we have sinned and grown old, and our father is younger than we. So isn't that a great quote? I just love that. I think about that a lot right now. So if you are in the midst of that season with little kids, you can take heart from that quote. Um, also, just thinking about the importance of, of repetition. You think about prayers like the rosary, how they are so built on repetition. You think about in other religious traditions, um, in meditation, in Buddhism, there's so much about just repeating maybe a, a phrase, like, you know, they repeat a mantra or something. And it does uh, calm your brain. And I think um, we also can be a bit dense, right? So we need things repeated a lot <laughs> to really um, live them out and feel them. There's, uh, I remember reading some statistic that had some, you know, shocking amount of times that you have to do something to actually instill it as a habit. Um, so if you've, you know, just started something that you really wanted to, to make part of your life and you only did it a few times and you gave up and then you feel like it didn't work out, just know that you have to do it, you know, probably like a hundred times for it to really become incorporated into your life in a real way. So repetition is important. Um, you know, the cycle of the seasons, everything like that. Um, I love sort of how we, we have this satisfaction of different seasons but also we get to have the same seasons every year so there's sort of always this sense of return and doing things again um, traditions are all about repetition right repeating something until it becomes part of your family culture um, something you expect every year uh, yeah so I, I think I'm, I'm just thinking about that a lot so um, maybe maybe that's relevant for you too if you're new to the show, you can always contact me at bornofwonder.com. Just go to the contact me page. You can also find a link in the show notes or on the website to support me on Patreon for $2 a month. If you um, go in the messages on Patreon and send me your address, I'm happy to send you a thank you letter. I love, you know, sending snail mail, receiving snail mail. So um, I'm happy that that's sort of become part of what goes on, uh, you know, through this show uh, is, is a little bit of correspondence. Um, actually, Patreon does not share um, addresses with you uh, unless, you know, you yourself message me. So I, I won't know to send you one unless you message me. So please do message me if you want a letter. Um, like I said on last episode, I think I am all, I'm all caught up. So 
Uh, if you haven't received a letter and you're expecting one, send me a message so that I can rectify that as soon as possible. But without further ado, let's get going. Let's start talking about St. Margaret of Scotland and St. Elizabeth of Hungary. I'm going to be reading from a blog post uh, that I wrote, I think it was three years ago. So I hope you enjoy. I was an adult when I chose my confirmation saint, and I was sure I knew who it would be. Saint Catherine of Siena. Although not particularly religious at the time, I had written my senior thesis in college about Saint Catherine's wildly beautiful treatise, The Dialogue, The Journey of the Soul Toward God. Saint Catherine, a strong, independent woman who spoke her mind to popes, to her confessor, to God, seemed like a kindred spirit. Providentially, I wrote the last lines of my thesis on April 29th, the day of her death in 1380. So, of course, St. Catherine would be my confirmation saint, the saint to look out for me in a particular way as I came into full communion with the church. Yet I hesitated, and I don't know why, but I started thinking about other saints. St. John Paul II was a possibility, of course. Reading his Theology of the Body Talks had radically changed my life. But he didn't seem right either. I had heard about the tradition of picking a confirmation saint based on your middle name, I have two middle names, Morgan and Elizabeth, and I immediately thought of Mary's cousin, St. Elizabeth, and the visitation is a mystery I meditate on often. St. Elizabeth seemed like a good choice. Yet I was still unsure. I started looking up other St. Elizabeths, there are quite a few, and one that jumped out at me was St. Elizabeth of Hungary. I had never heard of her, and unlike so many saints that inspire me, JP II, St. Edith Stein, Catherine of Siena, St. Teresa of Avila, she never wrote down a word. St. Elizabeth was a princess and a queen, hence her popularity among young girls getting confirmed. She married a nobleman named Ludwig, and they had, by all accounts, a loving and happy marriage, the result of which was three children. Although a noblewoman on an estate, St. Elizabeth remained devoted to the poor, using her royal position to advance charitable causes and good works. One story has Ludwig quite put out when St. Elizabeth had a leper conv convalescing in their bed. Another has Ludwig asking where all the bread in the house is going. Seeing Elizabeth sneaking out with yet another basket for the poor, he demanded to see the contents. Miraculously, when she lifted her cloak, he only saw beautiful roses. Yet despite St. Elizabeth's sometimes extreme piety, her husband remained incredibly supportive and devoted to her. The happy marriage was cut short when Ludwig died of illness, still a relatively young man. The story goes that upon hearing the news, St. Elizabeth said, he is dead, he is dead, it is to me as if the whole world died today. She vowed to never marry again. The rest of her story includes a harsh and vindictive spiritual director who separated St. Elizabeth from her children. Yet she remained loyal to her vow of celibacy and poverty, going on to become a third order Franciscan and found a hospital in honor of St. Francis. There she tended the sick personally. She died a young woman, only 24 years old. In the wake of her death, many miraculous healings were said to occur. Her feast day is November 17th. There were quite a few things that appealed to me about St. Elizabeth of Hungary in particular. For one, she was married. Many saints are priests, nuns, hermits, etc. They live beautiful, fruitful lives, but as a woman with a family, they seemed that much more distant to me. I was charmed by the stories of her and Ludwig's happy marriage, and I thought, here is a married woman I can emulate. I was also fascinated to learn about a saint in a position of authority. 
Although she personally was quite austere, she did have servants. She lived on a beautiful manor, went to parties, and basically lived la vie royale. As someone not called, I'm fairly certain at least at this point, to a life of intense poverty, I was also interested to see how a person of the world could live in a compassionate, authentic way. As someone prone to intellectual pride, I also admired and aspired to her intense humility and care for others. I knew she could help me become a kinder, more caring person. So it was decided. With an apology to St. Catherine of Siena, I decided St. Elizabeth of Hungary would be my confirmation saint. That evening, my confirmation sponsor texted me to ask if I had chosen my saint yet. Yes, I replied, all enthusiasm. St. Elizabeth of Hungary. Her response was immediate. Oh my gosh, her feast day is today. And as if that wasn't providential enough, she's my confirmation saint too. Sometimes we don't always get sure signs, but this was one of those times where I just knew St. Elizabeth was meant to be someone particularly important in my life. St. Elizabeth of Hungary, pray for us. I want to also acknowledge a recent saint friend of mine, St. Margaret of Scotland. Just a few weeks ago, again, remember this was a couple years ago I wrote this. I wish it was a few weeks ago. <laughs> I was in Scotland and I was able to go inside her personal chapel, the oldest part of Edinburgh Castle, a small, austere, and very beautiful place. And I started to wonder about the woman who spent so much time there. I was pleasantly surprised to learn St. Margaret's feast day is November 16th, making her a feast day neighbor to St. Elizabeth of Hungary. In many ways, this, the two saints are quite similar, both from noble families, both using their positions of authority to spread the gospel. St. Margaret's story is one of high drama. Her parents were forced to flee England during a Danish invasion, landing on the shores of Scotland. The Scottish King Malcolm III, the very Malcolm featured in Macbeth, took in the royal refugees and fell madly in love with young Margaret. St. Margaret always wanted to be a nun, but ultimately accepted Mar Malcolm's proposal. Although her husband was known for his wild and somewhat gruff personality, sounds like a typical Scotsman, St. Margaret quickly set about civilizing him by reading him the Bible every night. A happy marriage ensued and the couple had eight children. St. Margaret adored her husband and the Scottish people. She would spend long hours outside the castle walls listening to their concerns. She was known for her immense devotion to prayer and personal sacrifices, and she also helped to reform the liturgy and grow the church in Scotland into a, devout, into a uniform and devout institution. She died only a few days after her husband and son were killed in battle in 1093. St. Margaret of Scotland gives us another beautiful example of how to practice love and charity in the world. St. Margaret of Scotland, pray for us. So just a brief introduction there to uh, St. Elizabeth of Hungary and St. Margaret of Scotland. Just two amazing women. Um, yeah, I'm just thrilled to introduce them to you. Uh, I just, I love learning about the saints so much. Even before I was Catholic, I was fascinated by the saints. I think I'm very, 
I'm just fascinated in general by people who take their beliefs seriously. <laughs> I've talked before about, um, you know, people like Mark Boyle, who wrote uh, the book The Way Home, where he said, you know, technology is bad for us, I'm going to live without it. And he truly lives off the grid. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for that because uh, he sort of followed the courage of his convictions. I, th I feel like most of us sort of tend to live in um, a bit more in-between area. But I think what's so beautiful about the Saints in particular is it shows uh, just how varied and different um, an authentic, uh, you know, devout uh, Christian life can be. Uh, you you have every single kind of person uh, who has been officially canonized by the church. You have, um, you know, former atheists, former Satanists. You have people with, uh, you know, very, very dicey backgrounds. You have people who were very pious from a young age. You have nuns and priests, and you also have married women with families, um, married men with families, uh, single people. Just all There's there's no one who's not represented in... Um, in 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 the in the amazing multitude of saints that you can learn about so um if you actually if you'd like to just sort of randomly decide uh to, to learn about a saint a lot of people do this around new year's but you can do it anytime is to use uh jem fullweller's saint name generator i'll put a link in the show notes so you know maybe you could go on there and maybe there's a certain saint you're supposed to be learning about right now so you can use that to see what randomly gets generated for you and learn about uh, learn about a new saint so um I just, I think that learning about people uh, like St. Margaret and uh, St. Elizabeth is is uh, inspiring and convicting, and um, yeah, so I, I hope you get a chance to celebrate their feast days this week. I'm going to leave you with a piece of music here. It is Bella Bartok's Piano Concerto Number no. 3. I'll just, you know, uh, it's a long, long piece, but I will play the beginning for you. I just think it's beautiful. Uh, he was a Hungarian composer, so I thought he would be appropriate for uh, for, for St. Elizabeth's Feast Day coming up here. Um, my wonderful confirmation saint. So I hope you enjoy this music. I hope you enjoy the week ahead and, uh, and uh, are getting ready for Thanksgiving and good food, all those good things. So uh, thank you for recent emails and reviews. If you have time to leave a review, uh, just know how much it means to the podcast, how important it is for the podcast to receive those ratings. Um, I, the more reviews uh, I get, the more often I get emails that say, oh, you know, Spotify recommended this to me. It's, it showed up on my, you know, you might like podcasts um, or things like that. Um, and, and really it requires uh, people to be to be rating it and to be um, contributing reviews for it to sort of show up in that algorithm. So thank you so much to those of you who do take the time to do that. And thank you, as always, for listening. I'm Katie Marquette, and this is Born of Wonder.
And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. 